0: Today's very special 2016 A Year in Review podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. We'd like to thank you for a great year and for sticking with us through our first year as podcasters. We had a lot of fun. We sure hope you did too. Um, And on to 2017. Hope you'll stick with us. Thanks.
1: listening podcast episode 53 jake episode 53 this is the part three of our end of the year three week year end special this is our general 2016 year in music recap we're going to be doing some fun things like end of the year awards we're going to be talking about the year as it was in music in general we're going to talk about some of the the music listening trends and stats uh what do you think jake
0: Taking a general look back today, I'm excited to do it. Um, it's been quite a year, and uh, you know, it's it's. I said I wouldn't get too sentimental last week. Yep. I think this is the week for sentiment. <laughs> it down. is. It is old lang syne.
1: Old... <laughs> well, <laughs> if said. if old acquaintance should be forgot, um, well, never, we won't forget 2016. Great year in music. I just want to quickly bad year for pretty much everything. Else. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I want to quickly remind listeners that. We have also done a Top 50 Tracks and Top 50 Albums of the Year episode that you can go back and check out. Um, but this one's going to be a little bit more fun. I've, I want to say I've been looking forward to this one a lot. Yeah, uh, I've been excited to kind of get into more of the the fun stuff.
0: I have too. And this is, I think, going to be more of a free-flowing conversation type of episode. We have a lot of awards to give yes. out. This is uh, like Christmas for these musicians. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, they,
1: they've been Vying all year yeah. for the listening podcast hardware, they have, and you know the because <laughs> chickens are going to come home to roost in this one, That's so to right. speak.
0: Because it, it, the only reason Sean to get into anything artistic, be it movies, music, whatever your artistic venture is, the only reason is to be re- rewarded with awards and monetary gain, and with people's praise from critics. That's right. That that's the only reason to get into anything, and 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 so for musicians, the highest praise you could be given is one of our awards. Totally agree. Totally because agree. in our opinion, we're the best critics out there. That's absolutely right. You know, it's right. not even an opinion; it's kind of just a fact. It's become a fact through this, for, through this year. Yeah, it's that's right. We're looking back.
1: <laughs> Old Lang Syne. <laughs>
0: we're taking a look back.
1: Um, okay, so speaking of that, Jake, let's just talk about what two thousand sixteen was like as a year in general a lot happened during it
0: um, And here's a quick this yeah. is a side note. Yeah. So for the most part I think the listeners know that as we go into episodes we have like a Google Doc typed up with notes. Sean and I typed up some some notes here some serious notes about the yeah. year in general that Yeah, we did. We did. We both we did.
1: So I I'll give you I'll give you my take on on 2016 in music. So from my perspective I think 2016 was one of the strongest years in music that we've had this decade. I think if you look back Maybe, you know, 2010 was very strong. I think 2012 was very strong. I think 2016 is right up there or maybe a tiny bit below those years. But I think it's one of the, the stronger ones that we've had. But I think it's in a lot of ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I think a good example of that is that if you told me before 2016 started that we would get new albums from Kanye West, Radiohead, Kendrick Lamar, Dive, Preoccupations, formerly known as Viet Cong. Animal Collective, Wild Nothing, and Drake, I would have been like, okay, this year's going to be amazing. Lock it in. These are going to be great albums. But then if you told me not one of those would end up in my top 10 albums for the year list, I, I there would have been a big disconnect there would for have said, me. You said, what? Huh? I wouldn't have understood. So I, I think this year was great, but it was in ways that we didn't necessarily expect. So I think there there were established artists that kind of rehashed some old ideas with mixed results. So I think, you know, some like Animal Collective were relatively amiss. I think you had other ones that were, like, pretty good. You had, you know, Drake, Kanye, Radiohead. I think those were all, really like, good. Other people kind of nailed it. I think Frank Ocean nailed it, Bon Iver nailed it, Nick Cave nailed it. But, you know... On top of these established artists, you had an exciting crop of new and kind of under-the-radar artists who made some of the most enjoyable and what I think will be some of the most lasting music of 2016. It's, you know, you have the emo scene, car seat headrest, Pine Grove, Frankie Cosmos, Hamilton and Rostam. And then, you know, on top of that, too, we had death as a major theme this year. You know, we lost a lot of different people, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, in a way, we we kind of needed those people who died more than ever with kind of the shit that happened this year. It wasn't a great year. But I think, uh, you know, music gave us a chance to kind of come together, appreciate the art that they, that they were able to give us, um, you know, no matter what people's political beliefs might be, no matter, you know, what might have happened this year, I think art was something that people could kind of rally around. And you know what? That might sound kind of lame. It might sound kind of trite to you, but... It, you know, 2016 was a tough year. We kind of need to be sentimental. We kind of need to look back on on some of the good stuff that we had and, and appreciate it. So that's my take on the year. I, I, I thought it was really enjoyable, and I thought it was really enjoyable to do the podcast with you and, and kind of discuss uh, all the great music we had and, and, and share it with everyone who's kind of been along the journey with us.
0: Well, I'm very flattered to hear you say that. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun for me, too. So, 2016, in a nutshell, um as I look back, it's gonna always mean a lot to me because of this podcast, pretty much, is is what I've come to realize. So, I mean, I've always been a huge, huge music fan. Music has always been a really important part of my life. I've never until this point formalized it until this year, as much as I have this year. So, for reference, for the past well, it's for you since maybe twenty ten, Sean has been taking new music very seriously, like as seriously as we seem to on this podcast. So like, you know, listening to as much as you can for new music and taking as much as you can in and trying to get a really good picture of how the year looked. For me, it took a a while longer to take it serious in that way and to approach it in that way. So it, it's been the last couple of years, 2014, 2015, and now 2016 by far is the most, where I have tried to listen to as many albums as I can that have come out this year. And in terms of going back to seventies, eighties, sixties, nineties and experiencing older albums, discovering some new stuff. It's by far in my life, the year where I've taken in the most. And I think what it is, is music for me has always been important, but I've never been, it's never been something I put in work toward. Um, And I think this year I've learned how to do that better and in the podcast is a good reason to do that because you know we have to talk about it. We have to have cogent points. I can't just totally casually listen. And in some ways, that's been a little exhausting. Um, but in some ways, it's been really rewarding because you know it's cool to know that I have that I'm more up to date than I've ever been, and I have stuff to talk about each week, and I have a platform to do it. And again, for those who actually do listen, I can't thank people enough because it it's amazing that anyone. You know, and I don't think we have the world's biggest audience, but it's cool that we have anyone that listens at all. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to me. Agreed. And it's really cool that anyone thinks we're worth listening to about this stuff. And so, again, 2016, first year, I really took things seriously in this way on a more macro level. Uh, 2016 is a weird year, uh, in like a lot of ways. I mean, I don't think those even have to be recounted. No. Um, the fact that Donald Trump is going to be president come January is horrifying this year was
1: already shit before that yeah. happened and people were already making comments and jokes about oh can yeah. 2016 just end already but you right. know it's that was kind of a cherry on top
0: seriously it, it's it's been a weird weird year it's been a tumultuous year a violent year in many ways um and you know stuff is just changing and it feels very much that way what i've compared it to in a lot of ways is 1968 mm, up lot, for the yeah. 60s 2016 for the 2010s are like sort of, this is like the 1968 of this decade where culturally, politically, race relations, um, you know, in terms of like elections and even global politics, like fascism seems to be Mm. making an attack back. Things are are rocky right now. Things are weird. And so, like you said, I look to music for a lot of respite, but it's interesting to see the way there are some artistic um, sort of parallels. And one thing I noticed was in 1968, I mean, for me, a lot, of, a lot comes back to the Beatles. They're my favorite band. And that's the year they released the White Album. And, you know, for them, the White Album is, I think, the reason people love it, if they love it, or hate it, if they hate it, is that it's this long, messy statement by the Beatles. And I noticed this year a lot of artists did a similar thing. Kanye West put out Life of Pablo, which was, he was constantly editing it. It was constantly changing. It was long and unwieldy. You know, Drake put out one of his longer albums. It just seemed like artists were were doing similar things to that, where this, you know, music came to represent that same kind of thing. And so, um, you know, how will those albums, like Life of Pablo, for us, we've we've talked about the fact that we didn't love it. How's that going to be viewed in 50 years? Because the White Album, when it came out, was not viewed with the most critical respect and it, it's gained in time. And how will the, you know, uh, what's going on in the social climate affect the way it's viewed in history? A few stray thoughts, couple things. One, I might not be the biggest Drake fan. I might not love all his albums. That dude's going to have an amazing Greatest Hits album. Yeah,
1: he is. He's good. Yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: Number two, after the little kick we had in September, October... It's only re-edified, if that's a word, that the Beatles are my favorite band of all time. Mm. It's not really close, and I love music, and I love a lot of bands, so that says a lot about them. Um, And that, you know, in Stephen Hyden's book, he says, like, it's boring to love the Beatles. I don't care. Like, I I love them more than, like, any band ever. Uh, Bowie's death was the closest I came to crying this year about music. Um, Not... The actual event, but the theatrics of it, yeah. the way it went down, and the way he released sort of a beautiful statement mus- musically and artistically about it, um, and then in a sort of a different note, we talked about this last week, but like, what even is an album now? Like, what, how is it changing? Like, Life of Pablo is the classic example, but the idea of the album has changed a lot this mm-hmm. year so that's my take that's 2016 that's
1: 2016 Um, you know I think a big theme you you mentioned Bowie I think a big theme this year was death Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we had Bowie we had Prince Leonard Cohen Fife Dog Glenn Frey Fife Dog George Martin too. Um, which is one that we kind of I think looked over a little bit when it happened. I don't think we really understood the impact. At, well, maybe you did. I I certainly didn't.
0: We talked about it all maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I love George Martin cuz he's in Beatles anthology and any interview about the, the best. Beatles he's like so the best eloquent, to to. so eloquent. His accent's so cool. But yeah, tons of death um, and it has almost become like a cliche Yeah. where you know, like you said, people are like, "When can 2016 end and stuff?" And of course, it it it's not really the fact that it's 2016 that this stuff's happening, but it starts to feel that way. And I, I think that the new year imposes this idea of like a reset, like okay, mm. you know, we can start a new. Um, but I will say, it did seem like a definitely inordinate amount of major musical deaths in 2016. And I think that pervades the year because there was one. It seemed like. Every few months
1: I know to yeah. me to me it's still Bowie who was kind yeah. of the most shocking and most impactful news because felt like he had longer. I mean, Prince, Prince was the same way, but and this is what you I about- and I didn't listen to Prince as much as we got into Bowie because
0: I was about to ask you, I think for us it was Bowie. but for people in general, who do you think was the most shocking? And like it, I think it depends on who you are. I, I, if you're talking about like culture at large, if you were to poll, people, which one seemed more shocking I'm going to say it's Prince, I'm not saying I agree with it, because for me Bowie was more I think
1: form. I'm still, too. I think I'm ca- too caught up in my own biases, I, I'm still going to say Bowie, I know that might not be true but that's just how I feel, and I it's hard for me to see it another way so I'm just going to still say Bowie, but um, you know, obviously both are shocking, both are really sad, because you know, it felt like too soon, Leonard Cohen at least was one where it was more of like yeah, Easy. he was really old, and it felt like more of that one knew was the right time. It could be more of a celebration. But, you know, George Martin, I think, was kind of the same way. He was um,
0: in his 90s. He, he was very, years very old. old. So, well, the thing is, is, with Bowie and Leonard Cohen, they both released like these amazing right. statements of music yeah. that kind of represented who they were as artists and what they wanted to be remembered for, which was part of the reason why the deaths in music this year, I think, really stood out. Because, um, I, I mean, I can't remember an example of pe- anyone in the past you know, several years who's done that. One that comes to mind is in the early two thousands. Warren Zevon did that. He released an album. Yeah. He was diagnosed with cancer and knew he was dying, and he re- recorded an album about it. Yeah, and then died. And yeah. I, but I don't. I mean, like in recent memory, I don't remember that happening at all. No, I don't either. So for it to happen a couple times this year is, it's is really crazy. Yeah, and
1: I think that that's going to be one of the big storylines of twenty sixteen. You're going to have, I think, the big, tentpole pop albums of the year with the Kanye Frank Ocean Lemonade. Lemonade. Of so the large. world. I think that's going to be one storyline. I think the other storyline is kind of the, the the death that is pervaded this year. So I think on a happier note, though, yeah. we have some awards to give out. We have the first annual Listen In Podcast Music Awards. So we're going to we, do this at the end of every year. We have a collection of different awards to give out. Uh, Jake and I both have nominations for both. We're going to kind of say what those are and we're going to settle on uh, on a winner for we're going to each hand out a winner
0: yeah I, this is this is going to be fun I, we, I feel like we should have in some way had an additional item in there <laughs> like as I'm looking at The the transition from just death to, and now, it's like in The Simpsons where Homer's going to do stand-up comedy and roast Mr. Burns, and right before he goes on, Smithers comes onto the stage and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid to announce a puppy was just run over in the parking (laughs) lot. And now the comedic stylings of Homer Simpson. But yeah, let's let's dive into the awards here. Yeah, yeah. Um, You want to introduce the first one? I will. So the first award we're giving out this year, since last week we talked about our favorite albums of the year. We ranked our top 50 and discussed that. Um, right now we're going to talk about EPs. Yeah, so EPs... The album's little brother.
1: Yeah, I think EPs, are, they're a little bit of a different breed than just albums. I think we kind of made the decision to stay away from ranking EPs in our top 50 albums, just yep. because there were so, so many good full-length albums out there this year that... You know, we didn't necessarily want to take away from one of those getting on our list with just the shorter-length EP. But we want to recognize the collection of great EPs that came out this year. That's right. Uh, Jake, what what do you have for nominees here?
0: Okay, so for Best EP, my nominees are Jank with Versace Summer, Apex Twin with Cheetah, uh, the Cheetah EP, Sheer Mag's third EP, three, and Wolf Parade's EP called four. Yep. Um, My winner is Jake Versace Summer, which should be no surprise to anyone. They emerged as one of my favorite bands this year. Versace Summer slash um, Awkward Pop Songs ended up really high on my list of favorite albums. I kind of ranked them in a joint fashion. So for me, my favorite EP of the year is Jake Versace Summer. Sean, what are your...
1: Yeah, so I I had also nominated Sheer Mag 3, uh, Wolf Parade, EP 4. I... This is tough. My last nomination was actually a late year-end entry here. It's Hazel English with Never the Never Going Home EP. This is like some really nice dream pop. Yeah. Um. Reminds me of Beach Fossils a little bit. That one made a late year run. I gotta give it a Wolf Parade. EP4. Yeah. Um. This is a band who I, I really, really like and they got back together this year. They started touring. They, they put out this EP. We can probably expect a new album from them next year. That'd be cool. I kept going back to this over and over again this year. If I had a free... 12 15 minutes. I'd throw on EP4. That gets the vote for me.
0: I definitely enjoyed that as well. I I wouldn't classify myself as as big a fan of of Wolf Parade as you are, but I mean I that was one of my nominees as well. I definitely enjoyed it. Yep.
1: Definitely. All right, so our next award is See if we had
0: invested in some music or something. I wish we had more resources. I know. I, I wish we could to... like like
1: do a a clapping like just two pod thing. guys in
0: a room is know, all we are, though. Know. You know, we're just, it's just us against the world. It's really. okay. We're gonna get. We're gonna
1: get there. We're gonna get through yeah. it. Our next award is best party song of 2016. Jake.
0: So these are the best songs to blast at a party yeah. and get everybody, you know, pumped up.
1: So I, I got a few different nominees for you. We got Kevin Gates with "Really, Really." Kevin Gates with two phones as well. So two Kevin Gates noms. Drake with one dance. Kanye West with waves. These were songs that if you were drinking at our house this year, you were hearing. My winner it's two phones. One for the plug and one for the load, Jake. Yep. Two phones. Yep.
0: I won't even be redundant with this. My two, e, my two nominees were Two Phones by Kevin Gates and Waves by Kanye West. I ended up, I'm going to give the nod to Two Phones as well. Two so Phones. a unanimous win. Two Phones. I got two phones. One for the plug and one for the load. Uh, next award in our list of... Awards is the best month for music. Best month for music. So this one, for both of us, what it came down to were two very, very strong months. Coincidence, Sean, that both are at the precipice of a season change? I don't know. But you have May and September. Uh, So in May, you had big releases from Modern Baseball. Um, I want to say Car Seat Headrest. Was Pop June? Uh, I think that was May. Yeah, so a lot of stuff in May... Um, and a lot of good stuff in September. You had Bonnie Vare, you had Hamilton Leithauser, and Rostam with "I Had a Dream That You Were Mine." My winner is going to be May, between the two. I think there's
1: only two options here: it's September and May. Mm-hmm. It's also May for me. May had yeah. more albums that ended up higher <laughs> on my list. Big hand for May. And that—that's—that's that's the bottom line. That's—that's that's where yeah. it gets to. That's what it was for me too. Quick, quick, uh, kind of. Housekeeping item, Jake. I've been going by this agenda, which oh. is an opposite order. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna go to best quarter of okay. music, and then we'll get back on track with with the other order that we have. Yep, cool. Best quarter for music, and and guys, listeners out there, guys and girls. I'm doing this by fiscal quarters, okay? Yeah. Business fiscal quarters. We're a couple of working guys, and what I mean by that is quarter one encompasses January, February, March. Mm-hmm. I forgot March came third for a second. Quarter 2 is It's ap- like
0: when you have to <laughs> t- tell yourself LMNOP. That's right. What That's right. what
1: where? Uh, quarter 2 is April, May, June. Mm-hmm. Q3 is July, August, September, and Q4 is October, November, December. Again, I think this is a two-horse race, just like it was for the months. Yeah. I think really the only logical picks here are quarter 2 and quarter 3, basically based off the strength of September and May. Right. And again, May have the stronger month. i got to go with uh, with Q2 because you had Radiohead coming out in April. You had Mitski coming out in June. You had Whitney coming out in yep. June. I think it gets the slight nod over Q3. What do you think?
0: I agree. I picked Q2, and for me, a big reason is Whitney, which was yep. one of my favorite albums of the year. Unfortunately, Blonde comes out Q3, which is probably my favorite album of the year, yeah. Yeah. or it's the yep. one I gave favorite album of the year. So that's a, that's a tight race. Um, Bonnie Vare is a big hitter in Q3, but overall, the second quarter of the fiscal year gets my nod as That's well. That's right. So now we're going to most overplayed song of 2016 is our right. next award. That's right. Um, here, let me find it in here.
1: So, my nominees for this song I have Drake with One Dance, mm-hmm. and I have Rihanna with Work, which is also featuring Drake, weirdly enough.
0: Well, Drake gets a lot of play.
1: So, here's the thing. One Dance, I still enjoy every time I hear it. Yeah, One Dance is probably the pick, but most overplayed, kind of, it it suggests that you're sick of it. Yeah. I'm going to say work for this one. I'm going to say it's Rihanna work.
0: Yeah, so for this one, I just had One Dance in my nominations, and that's just, I'm not tired, I'm not really tired of it, I just think if, it, if it, you're asking me, what was the song that got the most play? And maybe was a little overplayed for me it is one dance. Yeah, so that's that's getting the Fair enough.
1: For me. Fair enough. Uh our next award
0: We're well, inconsistently clapping.
1: Rihanna, work. Drake, one dance. This is this is an award you don't really want. No, you don't. Uh, We're not
0: gonna clap for this one.
1: Most overrated album of twenty sixteen. Now, here's the criteria I used for this, Jake. I used the criteria of overrated to me meant it got Undo critical love. Yep. When I went to go listen to it, I didn't get it at all. I didn't yep. understand. So this one's
0: highly personal.
1: We, yes, this is a, a lot of opinion in here. My my nominees for most overrated album of the year were Anthony with hopelessness, hopelessness, James Blake with the color and anything, and you know what? I think Solange just seated at the table is kind of overrated. Um, yeah. what, what, were your, what were your nominees here, Jake?
0: Okay, so for me, I also have Anony with Hopelessness. I also have James Blake with The Color Anything. This next one's going to shock some people, and it's probably mm. going to hurt some feelings because I think some people who are listeners really love this album, and I like it a lot too, but I do think it's overrated. Angel Olsen with My Woman. Um, I, always, I really enjoyed this album, but I didn't understand the level of praise it got. I never did. If you go back to the first podcast where we talked about it, I was I I mean I remember saying then like yeah I enjoy it. I never am in really the mood to listen. There's yeah. good songs on there, and so for me it was in like everyone's top ten, some people's top five. It was just all over year end lists, and I just feel like it's it, it just is one of my more overrated albums of the year, and it never resonated with me like I felt it should have. That being said, my pick, my winner. Mm-hmm. Is without a doubt hopelessness by Anthony.
1: Agreed. It's mine too. It's Anthony. It's hopelessness. That album is one of my just most disliked albums of the year. Fuck that album. Yeah. I We could get into a whole conversation about why critics pick certain things to rank highly. The the political reasons behind it. I don't want to get into it. I don't think the songs are there. Right. The messaging behind it, important, fine, whatever. I appreciate what you're talking about. I also love that it's a transgender artist. I think that's great. I think it's important for them to get um, more attention for for transgender artists. The songs aren't there. They don't back up the critical love for it. Yeah, I agree. That, that's, the, that's the first thing for me. The songs need to be there. they got to be quality. I love Four Degrees. Drone Bomb Me is pretty good. The rest of that album is like borderline unlistenable in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I it just never clicked for me either. That's the thing, it's, and like you actually said all everything I would have said about it and I agree. Four degrees is a really catchy song, Drone Bomb is cool. It, but for me like as I listened through it, I was like, yeah, this is good, I guess. I but like it's not it's a similar thing where I don't I don't see how it's getting as much love as it is. And I I mean I hate to say it's partially a political or a cultural thing but I think you hit that you're right there it, it has something to do with the fact that it, it it is the trans issues that's being pushed through it or whatever and that's all good again I don't oppose that in any way and I, I you know I think it's great but it's just the music for me never really resonated right. so our next award uh, we're going most underrated, underrated album of 2016 so this is, this is an album let me you, ask let, you'd like to be you'd like to get this award you
1: you do want this award let me ask you what your what were your criteria for underrated? What did that mean to you?
0: It's an album I loved that I feel didn't get the respect it deserved.
1: Okay, okay. for me, it was it was it generally it was the same. I, I have a I have a bone to pick with one of your nominees, but give give me give me your nominees.
0: okay. Uh, My nominees are what was one of my top two albums of the year, Whitney with Light Upon the Lake, and No Name with... I forget the name of her album. Telephone. Telephone. Not a good look on me, not remembering that name. My nominees were Camp Cope
1: um, with their debut album, Camp Cope, and Frightened Rabbit, Painting of a Panic Attack. So the bone I have to pick with you is, so Whitney had critical love almost across the board and ended up on... 80% Eighty percent of the end of the year list that I saw, yep. in my mind, I didn't think that was necessarily underrated. So, it might be underrated because you liked it even more that's what than what critics. About. Okay, that's okay. what I'm saying because okay. it's
0: subjective. Gotcha. That's the only way gotcha. I can view gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay, and this was one of my favorite albums of the year, and so when I see it coming in like 40th on a list, okay. or 35, I'm like, yeah, that's good. I still think it's underrated. Totally agree.
1: Totally understand that. For an album like Whitney, like a like a throwback rock album, yeah. if it makes a year-end list, no, that's I'm great. like, fuck yeah. Like, no, that's I, great.
0: I understand. That's great. And maybe we looked at it with different criteria. For
1: me, for me, I think Camp Cope and Frightened Rabbit. Camp Cope just didn't get a lot of press in general. I think outside yeah, of certain all. music blogs and certain music writers. Other yeah. than that, it got largely ignored. Frightened Rabbit, they're kind of an established legacy indie band at this point where... It's unpopular to give a lot of love to those types of bands at this point in their career. Um, I thought Painting of a Panic Attack, not their best album. I think it was still really good. I still really enjoyed it. I don't think it necessarily deserved the ratings that it got from a lot of critics. I'm going to give this one to Camp Cope for my most underrated of the year.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going No Name. No Name um it was a rap album i really really enjoyed and i it got some press it definitely got some love but i feel like um she's an artist who um definitely deserves a lot of a, a lot of uh play from definitely from oh i agree and, and we'll probably agree. pick up some steam after a while and the thing is is like the bone you had to pick with whitney i could make the same argument for frightened rap you just like them better than other people like but yeah i don't think that album was underrated yeah, like, I liked it about as much as other people Like did. a 6 out of 10? Like, just not, yeah, not that much. Like, it was, I thought it was pretty good.
1: I think for Frightened Rabbit, you kind of have to like Frightened Rabbit. That's so. my, that's what I'm saying, is like, you like... But even, like, their, their critically best albums,
0: you don't like as much, though. No. Right, right, so it's... But, like, some people, the same argument can be said for Whitney, like, a lot of people might not like that sound as much as I do. Sure. But if it's subjective, sure. you know what I mean, like, that's what it comes down to
1: uh next one that we have here is this is a fun one i like this one best album title of 2016
0: a lot of, lot of good uh potential choices for this one.
1: so for best album title what i have my nominees are the dream is over by pup i think that's really indicative of 2016 in general freetown sound by blood orange a seat at the table by Solange, even though I didn't love that album, I think that's a great album title name on a couple different levels. Yeah, undeniably. Uh, and Black Star by David Bowie.
0: Um, so, for my nominees, I had uh, also I had Black Star, also I had Freetown Sound. My other nominees that weren't on John's list are "You Want It Darker" by Leonard Cohen, uh, mostly because I can hear his voice saying "You yeah. Want It Darker" in my voice when I hear that album title. I also like "Is the Is R" weird album title. This is by Dive. Dive's new album is the is weird absurdist album title that that stuck with me. At first, when I saw it, I wasn't so sure what I thought of it, um, but I've ne- I haven't forgotten it since. I think it's it's a it's a sort of a sticky one. Mm, yeah, caught me. My uh, what's your winner?
1: My winner is the dream is over. Okay. I think that sums up twenty sixteen in general. Um, I also love the backstory behind it, where the lead singer who like shredded his vocal cords and had like it wasn't necessarily cancer, but it was something wrong with his vocal cords and the doctor literally told him he said your your dream of being in a rock band is over. Yeah. And he overcame that. He ended up releasing this great album, Pup really caught on and had a huge year. So I think just for the backstory of that, I think in terms of what a shit year 2016 was where just not, you know, not a lot of good things happened. The dream kind of came crashing down and was over for you could say a lot of different things. So for that reason the dream is over it gets my top album title of 2016
0: for me this one is a toss up between Black Star and You Want It Darker and right now I'm feeling a little bit inclined towards You Want It Darker Ooh. Um, I just think it's a really really cool album title and you could take it a few ways it could be a response to someone who's like a- making an r- artistic request like oh okay you want it darker I can do that or you can be Leonard Cohen it's like a challenge like okay you want it darker like I'll I'll push that you know you'll see how far I can push it so to me it's very evocative it's I mean if we're going to get technical putting you in there making it the second person pushes it onto the sort of the viewer and the reader it makes you feel like implicated in the title a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, and so it seems like Leonard Cohen I mean he was a poet you know Mm -hmm. and and he had he had great intention with all the words he used in his songs and lyrics so I I just think it's a, a really cool evocative album title. definitely um, so we're on to the Best Album Cover of 2016, Best Album Art. Um, so for me, my nominees are Black Star by David Bowie, 20 to a Million, Bonnie Iver, A Sailor's Guide to Earth um, by Sturgil Simpson, kind of a cool, surreal, um, nautical, like a ship on rocky seas with a sea monster yep. under it. Cool. And then Blonde by Frank Ocean. So, as complicated as a Sailor's Guide to Earth's cover is, Blonde is that simple.
1: Blonde is also one of my nominees, and I love the little details that, that are in Blonde, like Frank's green hair, yeah, the he, fact he's covering his face, and he's a band aid on his finger. There's so many little details yeah. there that are just really interesting and, and um, grab you.
0: I also love the simplicity of just like the white cover, the simple album yeah. title, and just like the picture in the middle. Yeah. I'm a big sucker for that. I think that's that going to be
1: of... one that that kind of yeah. lasts for years to come. So, yeah, I also had. Black Star. I also had A Sailor's Guide to Earth. I also had Blonde. Uh, the other two that I had, I had Views. I think Views got a lot of flack for like Drake being digitally put onto the top of that Space Needle looking thing. I think it's cool. I think like that mini, mini Drake Little on top Drake of that, I think
0: it's cool. Sitting high atop Toronto. Um, the Six. It, six? Is, it, is it, what they call
1: it? I don't know what that tower's called. No, In no. Toronto? 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 The, six? the Six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. I thought I messed it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then My other nominee, the dream is over again. So, Pup, you have a guy reading a newspaper, seems to be not a care in the world, while the other side of the couch is burning. I think that was another great um, kind of representation of 2016. Like, honestly, like, perfectly, like, pretty on the nose for 2016. Uh, that actually gets my win. The Dream Is Over gets the best album title and best album cover for me, for how on the nose it was for for the year that we just had.
0: My favorite album cover. I'm gonna actually go with Blonde, for all the reasons yeah. I just said. I really appreciate the simplicity of it. Um, I like you said all the details—the green hair, the band aid—it's stuff that sticks with me. He's like covering his eyes. It's a very frank cover to me. Yeah. Um, and it just—I don't know. It's, I feel like it's of all the album covers, if I'm thinking about them this year, it's the one that most often sticks with me.
1: Our next award is Best Opening Track of 2016. My nominees for this are Black Star by David Bowie, Old Friends by Pine Grove, Ultra Light Beam by Kanye West, Burn the Witch by Radiohead, Fill in the Blank by Car Seat Headrest, A Thousand Times by Hamilton and Rostam, and If This Tour Doesn't Kill You, I Will by Pup.
0: I have a bunch of nominees. I also have Black Star, I also have Ultralight Beam, I also have Burn the Witch. I also have If This Tour Doesn't Kill You, and A Thousand Times, and Fill the Blank, and Old Friends. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of similar ones. Um, I also have You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen, um, Over Soon by Bonnie Iver, Jesus Alone by Nick Cave, Hidden Driver by Level Up, and Finally, which I think yeah. is the first track yep. off of Symbols Eat Guitar's album. Sean, what's your winner? My winner on this... It's a 1,000
1: times. A thousand that one times. ranked pretty high for me on my end-of-the-year list. I think just... You know, maybe as a technical opener, it it's doesn't do as well as being an opener as some of these other ones do, but I think just as a song... It's the one I want to listen to the most out of all of those, so A Thousand Times gets my, my pick.
0: I can see that. For me, it's Black Star. This was my song of the year. Mm, yep, um, makes sense. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. But I love it as an opener. I yeah. love that there's two parts of it. It kind of introduces the journey that you're going to go on with this Bowie album and the sounds you're going to see a lot of, and it's just an incredibly creative um, and interesting song, and so it's stuck with me all year, so it's, yeah. it's my opener of the year. The next one, next award, is the best album closer... Of 2016. For me, nominees were Just Another Face by Modern Baseball, New Friends by Pinegrove, I Can't Give Everything Away by David Bowie, True Love Waits by Radiohead, uh, The Reprise of Treaty from the Leonard Cohen album You Want It Darker, and Skeleton Tree by Nick Cave.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I had. A lot of the similar ones, I Can't Give Everything Away, New Friends, True Love Waits, Just Another Face. I had all of those. My other two nominees were End of Real by The Hotel Year and 1959 by Hamilton and Rostam. Jake, what do you got? What's your uh, What's your winner for album closer of the year?
0: My album closer of the year, and this was a tight one, um, but I think it's True Love Waits by Radiohead. It ended up being, I think, third on my songs list. Um it's just, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. We've described it this same way, but it's it's like breathtakingly beautiful. It's incredibly sad. It's it was one of my favorite overall songs to come out this year. So that's the one I'm giving the nod.
1: This is actually, I think, the hardest award that we have to give. My my final three for this that I am having a really hard time choosing between is "New Friends," "True Love Waits," and "Just Another Face." Yeah,
0: and those would have been up there for me as well. Those would have been the three. I. I think I have to
1: give it to True Love Weights. It yep. feels like an album closer it more does. than those other ones.
0: I came close to giving it to just another face.
1: I did too. That's my I think that's my number two right there. That was gonna be the other pick. I, I think it's gotta be true love Waits for all the same reasons. Well as but you.
0: for me what it ended up being the distinguisher is I'm like it's like what you said with the openers. Like I just like true love weights a little more. It's overall to me a better song. Yep. Um and so that's what it came down to. Our next award. Wait, am I up or are you up? I'm up. Okay, we right, have jumping the gun here. Sorry. We have
1: the Rookie of the Year award, Jake. So Rookie of the Year. We're we're classifying this as an artist who was kind of under the radar this year, who might have came out with their debut or a really really early release in their career, who, I th- I think... who we think is going to be big in you know two to three years.
0: Well and another thing is I think it with music it can be hard to if you say rookie, like it, I don't know if it's technically the first time they release right music, no, it, but they might be pretty new, they're emerging and like this is where they're starting to get any attention really at all. Yeah yeah this year. So are you going first?
1: My nominees for this are Lucy Dacus came out with a great album this year. Uh, Camp Cope came out with literally their debut album this year uh, and I have Big Thief came out with a great album and masterpiece. Who are your nominees?
0: Um, So for my nominees, I have No Name, again making an appearance with her album Telephone. Um, I thought a really interesting rap album. I also had Lucy Dacus, and I also had both Camp Cope and Big Thief, who all three I think are rock artists that I think have a promising future. Um, Also interestingly, not to pat ourselves on the back in a PC way, all three have female lead singers. Oh! Not a big deal. In fact... (laughs) I'm realizing now that with my fifth nominee, all five are female, because the last one's Kamaya. The uh, another rap artist. And again, like I don't know how long she's Whoopee The Whoop Whoop and the Whoop Whoop. <laughs> I don't know how long she's been in the game necessarily. Um, but to me she's a rookie. Dude,
1: she would come and like punch you in the face and then like knee you in the balls for like even knowing who she is. You
0: know what?
1: (laughs) Be Like this white boy. I gotta respect her. Yeah.
0: Because you know what? She could kick my ass (laughs) and I'd do nothing about it because I'm I'm spineless. Um, Uh, Who's your winner here? Who do you got? My winner is Building Suspense. Big Thief. Big Thief. That was I think my favorite album in this ranking Um Oh, it's so close, though, with Lucy and No Name for me. Uh, My
1: winner is Lucy Dacus, and the reason for that is this was one of my big end-of-the-year risers for me, where that kind of shot up my rankings towards the end of the year. Also, we saw her open for Car Seat Headrest, and we got a preview of some new songs that she's coming out with. I was blown away by those new songs, the arrangement she was doing on there, the guitar... All of it, I thought, was awesome. It bodes well for a second album released by her. Um, so Lucy gets the nod for me for uh, for rookie of the year.
0: I agree with you that um, the uh, music she was coming up with in that live set when she wasn't playing stuff off of uh, No Burden was really impressing me. Mm. It was like kind of complicated. It seemed arrangements that yes. almost verged towards like jazzy and like complex sort of bluesy arrangements. Yeah. Really impressive. Yes. Um, so next on our list is the Came Out of Nowhere album of 2016. So this is an album we didn't expect to do much for us this year. Maybe we didn't even see coming, but ended up um, being a, a favorite of the year. So I'm just trying to find it in here.
1: My nominees for the Came Out of Nowhere award are as follows. So I had... Um, actually, do you have it? I'm still trying to find it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we actually have it filed under album you didn't see coming. Ah, that's why, that's why. So we filed it differently. So for me, my nominees are Whitney with Light Upon the Lake, Pine Grove with uh, Cardinal, Frankie Cosmos with Next Thing, Modern Baseball with Holy Ghost, Nick Cave with, what's it called again? Skeleton Tree, Skeleton Tree, Leonard Cohen with "You Want It Darker," Jenny Haval with "Blood Bitch," and No Name with "Telephone."
1: Let me ask you, you: didn't see Modern Baseball coming? Like that wasn't one you were like excited oh. for, or like okay,
0: no, here's, looking ahead to? Th- okay, and I had a reason for this. I'm glad. I'm glad you you said that because. um at the beginning of the year, you have to keep in mind we weren't like if you're thinking like early January, we weren't as into modern that's baseball. True. Yet. We hadn't even gotten into you um to uh you're gonna miss it that's all. That's right. Yeah. And so I true. didn't really realize how much I actually liked modern baseball. Yeah. And so that's what I mean when I say that. So actually the more um, fitting way to describe that is that I just didn't see modern baseball coming as much as I should have gotcha. as an artist, really. Gotcha. So that, that one okay. has a qualifier.
1: Okay, 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 that makes sense. For me, these albums truly I didn't see coming at all. Camp Cope, Lucy Dacus, Pine Grove, Frankie Cosmos, Whitney, Jenny Haval, Nick Cave. Uh, my winner for this, with one that I I didn't see coming. I got to give this to Nick Cave. Yeah. Because Nick Cave has been one of those artists who I just assumed I would never get into or like, and then all of a sudden I find myself listening to Skeleton Tree and loving it, and it was a shock every time I went back to it and was like, oh. I really like this. And I'd listen again, and I was like, I really, really like this. Nick Cave gets the nod for me for this award.
0: So for me, it's going to end up being Whitney, because it was my second favorite album of the year. I loved it, and Whitney wasn't even a band before this year. I'd literally never heard of them yeah. until I started seeing reviews by them. So it's almost like this should be separated into two awards. One, you literally didn't see it coming yeah. because you couldn't see it coming. Right. And two, what you kind of said, where it's like Nick Cave... Oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect to like Nick Cave, yep. but you knew who Nick Cave was. Right. And so I think if I were to give a second place award, it would probably be Nick Cave yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's Whitney by um, for the fact that it was one of my favorite albums of the year, and I, I literally had no idea it was coming. Nice. Uh, our
1: next one is most disappointing album of 2016. Ooh. So I alluded to this a little bit at the at the top of the podcast when I was talking about the year in general, and I was talking about how a lot of established artists came out with albums this year that you know they didn't necessarily light the world on fire. I, I don't want to say they fell flat, but I think maybe they left a little bit to be desired. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So for me, for, for most disappointing album of the year, um, I have Animal Collective with with Painting With. Uh, and my other one was Mutual Benefit with hmm. Skip a Sinking Stone. So Jake, I think maybe you might be the only one who knows this is um, Love's Crushing Diamond. Yeah. Mutual Benefit's last album. album is one of my favorite albums ever. It's like a top 50 nominee. Wow, I listened to that so many times when it first came out. Um, and I was pretty excited for a new Mutual Benefit record, and it it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, so that's why it ended up in my rankings. Um, what You have won nominee.
0: Yeah, for me, it's just the conversation begins and ends with uh,
1: Animal and, Collective. And, that, and that's my winner, if you want to call it that, for this award, too. It's Animal Collective. I think a band like Animal Collective who has been a stalwart of the indie world and has had, you know, even some crossover success with a song like My Girls. They You want a little bit more from them than what they gave us with painting with.
0: Yeah, and I just like I really, as of maybe last year, the year before, kind of got into Animal Collecting. Yeah. It took me a long time. Because for a long time I didn't get what was so great about Meriwether Post Pavilion. And I certainly didn't listen to anything else. And I was kind of this staunchly like I don't like Animal Collective, dude. Where I was like, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't think they're that great. Like they're trying to be trippy, and it's not that cool. And then I realized as I started to really listen to this more, like, oh, they're pretty fucking awesome. There's some amazing albums and some great, great songs. And I think Avi Ter and Panda Bear are both really interesting songwriters. That being said, I, I just didn't enjoy painting with that much, <sighs> I mean, like yeah. really much on it at all. I like again, Golden Gals fine. Bagels in Kiev is cool. You know what's that first song? Floridata Yeah, Floridada is fine, but kind of annoying if I'm being totally honest. We saw them live. I just think we saw them during the wrong era. I agree.
1: I think they're on the back half of their career right now. I think yep. they've they peaked with Merryweather. So for me, it was only one. Choice. Yeah, I agree. It's Animal Collective for me too. And there's probably people out there who are like, no, you guys are wrong. I thought that was awesome. I think Animal Collective's still making some of the best music. That's fine. I you know, yeah. I think Animal Collective is one of those bands where you could kind of go either way on it. And yeah, well, you know, I think
0: between us, between you and me, we tend to get a little strident with some of our views, because yeah. we'll we'll groupthink it a little bit, yeah and, I, I, yeah, and I'll be like, hey, oh, you thought it wasn't that great, too, so did I, and so, so does now. everyone else, and yeah. so now, months later, it's the worst thing ever, to yeah be exactly, I bet if we went and listen, we'd enjoy it's, it. yeah exactly. but for me, it was the biggest disappointment. it was because dis- I expected I wanted so much more from it, and so yeah, it was not no an no. award you want to get no, not an award you want, but you do want um this next award, yeah. Uh, our favorite album that we discovered this year that wasn't released in 2016 so this yes. could be from any time, this could be from all history Yes. so here are my nominees, I have Modern Baseball with You're Gonna Miss It All which is a pretty recent album but I discovered in January, uh, Joyce Manor with Never Hung Over Again came out in 2014, I think or 2012 when did uh, Never Hung Over Again come out? I don't know, sometime in the last 5 years I guess you don't like it that much well you don't know either I, I didn't nominate it. Yeah, but you love that album. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we, we can agree that neither of us know when that came out. I think it was 2014. <laughs> um, Neil Young with On the Beach, a 70s album. Hotelier with Home Like No Places There. Uh, and John Lennon with Double Fantasy, really just for the John Lennon tracks. Th- so this songs. is
1: interesting to me. I wanted to bring this up. It, if it's just for the John Lennon songs, yeah. can it really stack up with these other albums? Yes, yeah. full albums. Well, okay, so way- you got to take the good with the bad. You got to take the John with the uh, the Yoko.
0: Yeah, you know what it is though is I I have decided to just view this more fluidly and not be so caught up in like what is technically true about the album the way I've enjoyed so, it.
1: So you're more single fantasy than double fantasy
0: here. Yeah, okay. actually, that would what would have been enough. awesome is if John Lennon released an album called Single Fantasy with just the seven tracks that are his. It would be a twenty five minute. Uh, breezy, yeah, awesome album. Nice. He really started writing good songs again in on this 1980 album, and so like for me, that was enough for me to really enjoy it. I listened to it a lot. I didn't listen to Yoko's tracks because I don't care about them. Okay, I don't like. I'm not interested in Yoko Ono's music. So the way I'm looking at it is like it's John Lennon's half of the album. Okay, and it was enough for me.
1: My nominees. I also had Modern Baseball with "You're Gonna Miss It All." I also nominated Neil Young with "On the Beach." Uh, I got into Joanna Newsom a lot this year, very, very heavily, and I'm nominating both The Milk-Eyed Mender and Ease, her her second album, and then Titus Andronicus with The Monitor. I've I've done a deep dive on Titus at the start of the year with The Monitor and now at the end of the year with the rest of their discography. That one's also up there for me. You know, depending on what day it is, this is a four- or five-way tie for me. Uh, If I have to pick one, absolutely have to pick one, I'm going with You're Gonna Miss It All by Modern Baseball. Just because the emotional connection that I have with that, I think I listened to it the most out of any album that didn't come out in 2016. There was a stretch of months there where you and I were listening to that non-stop. And I I can't ignore that. Um, I think it's You're Gonna Miss It All.
0: Yeah, and so for me, um, that could very well be my pick. But the pick I'm going to make is Joyce Manor with Never Hungover Again. Um, I think that I had higher highs with You're Gonna Miss It All, but if there's an album that I think is technically better, that I'm more interested in listening to more often, and that I think might end up sticking with me somehow a little bit more in some ways, it's never hung over again. That being said, they're so close. Like you said. The, the Jake Fall
1: From Grace on Modern Baseball hurts me a little bit towards the end of this year. It hurts me a little bit. I
0: still love that album. It's still one of my I know, I
1: know. It's just, it's... I remember where we were at with it, though, and it 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 hurts a little bit.
0: There's nothing nothing's changed about that. Okay, I still. Uh, right. This feels very much like, <laughs> in like a, in a movie where like someone's cheating on someone else, <laughs> and they're like, "You remember how we were?" It's like, no, I, my feelings about that haven't <laughs> changed. Like, no, baby. no. Mm, yeah. It's, no, but I still love that album. I just <laughs> think that I may I maybe think Never Hung Over Again's a little better. No, that's
1: totally that's and that's totally fine. I get it. Uh, We have uh, just a few awards left here. We have Best Lyric of 2016 here. You know, If you've been listening to to the podcast, you know I'm a huge lyrics guy here. I nominated (laughs) maybe one too many lyrics uh, on this. Read them off. All right, so Pine Grove with with New Friends, End of Summer, and I'm still in love with her. Love that lyric. Um, Aphasia by Pine Grove as well. Just when I thought I had this pattern sorted out, Apparently, my ventricles are full of doubt. Also in that same song, one day I won't need your love, one day I won't define myself by the one I'm thinking of, um, Camp Cope, that album had, I'll basically pick a song from it, and there was a lyric that I liked in it, in particular, one that resonated with me a lot just for what I was going through at the time was on trepidation, just at the end, you don't scare me anymore, um... Car Seat Headrest was another big one for me. There's a lot of lyrics on on uh, Teens of Denial that could have been picked for this. I went with uh, Destroyed by Hippie Powers. Starts out at the beginning. I'm freaking out in my mind in a house that isn't mine. My end goal isn't clear. Should not have had that last beer. I think that's something a lot of people can relate with when they're kind of experimenting with uh, different mind-altering substances. Uh, Frank Ocean. I mean, this in is a
0: straight edge podcast Sean. That's right, sorry. There'll be none of that.
1: Frank Ocean in the conversation. Speaking of straight edge, Frank Ocean in the conversation with a couple lyrics from night, Nights Here. Ooh, nani nani. This feel like a Quaylew, Jake. <laughs> it's been kind of an inside joke with us this entire year.
0: We started a podcast with it.
1: Um, that's right. Also, same, same song. Shut the fuck up. I don't want your conversation. Roll some marijuana. That's a cheap vacation. My every day shit, every night shit. Could be farther from what my life is. <laughs> my
0: every day shit, my every night shit, my every day shit.
1: I just, I just like the way he says well, that it.
0: Well, marijuana is a you think, hey, shit, yeah. my
1: every day shit. Um, also, here's one. Hotel Year, End of Real, last song on the album. This one resonated with me a lot. I don't know what I want, what I want's where I've been. I think that's a sentiment a lot of people can relate to. Uh, (laughs) Joyce Manor had one of the goofiest lyrics I feel like this one was literally just because it fit in the melody Freight Elevator, now we're really rocking Breaking My Heart, going window shopping I feel like they were just like, you know what, what sounds good here, what rhymes here We're going to throw that in, that's why I like it Hey, this one goes back to our best party songs I got two phones, one for the plug and one for the load. Again, couldn't be further from my life, but that's why I but that's like why it. That's why it's great. It's funny. It's funny to me. Um, and then I have two more. One modern baseball from Just Another Face. If it's all the same, it's ti- oh no, uh, yeah. If it's all the same, it's time to confront this face to face. I'll be with you the whole. T- I'll be with you the whole way. It'll take time. That's fact. I think that's just, that goes for anyone who's, you know, might be dealing with some personal problems and being like, hey, I'm going to address this. I'm going to fix it. I really like it for that reason. My last one, simple two words, don't leave. Radiohead, true love waits, heartbreaking. Uh, I know I had a lot of nominees there, but it, I thought it was a strong, strong year for lyrics.
0: Strong year for lyrics, indeed. I have some overlap, um, but some different ones. So my first one, my first nominee is from Chance the Rapper's verse on Ultralight Beam. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily my favorite part. It's one that's always stood out to me is when he says, um, let's make it so free and the bar so hard that there ain't one gosh darn part you can't tweet. This is my part, nobody else speak. This is my part, nobody else speak. So I always thought he was saying nobody else beat. I always thought he meant like he was competing with other rappers, like this is my part nobody else beat, that's why I'm in the song. yeah Not what he's saying. Oh, I still yeah. love this part and it's always the part where when I'm listening to Chance's verse on this song where I'm like, ooh, he's kicking it into high gear, like yep. there's some the different flows going on there, he's transitioning. Um, so another one for me, Pine Grove, returning to the Pine Grove well, I have, I, um, I resolved to make new friends, I liked my old ones but I fucked up so I'll start again. Uh, from the same song I have What's the Worst That Could Happen, a little more simple, and with lyrics I think Sean and I have discussed this my tendency to enjoy lyrics is usually the simpler the better like I am not one who usually lyrics come last I love lyrics I take them seriously but for me it's like melody and overall vibe and then I'll get lyrics later and something like what's the worst that could happen can apply to so much that it that's one that always stuck with me so that's from New Friends by Pine Grove Um, another one something happened the day he died the lyric from Bowie's black star this is right during um the transitional point of that song where it switches into another gear and kind of slows down and goes into a new part and i think with the weight of bowie's actual death and knowing that it's kind of centered around that um and i think the next lyric is like someone becomes becomes the black star basically it's about inheriting that that sort of mantle so that's one that stuck with me um, another one, Sean had this, is is Just Don't Leave from True Love Waits uh, by Radiohead. Another is I'm Ready, My Lord, from <laughs> Leonard Cohen's um, You Want It Darker. Uh, w- Told Slant is in the next one. This is one Sean and I kind of joked about, but I've always loved. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I actually you, forget yeah. which song this is from. I don't
1: remember now either. Is it Green
0: Nail Polish?
1: Yeah, it's Green Nail Polish. Okay,
0: yeah. uh, so check out this album by Told Slant. Is it called Tsunami? Yeah, I think, it is. I think so. Something yeah. like that. Going By. Going by 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 told Slant. Um, I don't understand why you're living there, and I don't understand your sweater. So those... I actually might go in the opposite order, but it's something to do with, you know, he's been scorned, he's been dumped or whatever, and now he's seeing this picture of his former lover and he's realizing I don't know a whole lot about that person anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand who they are as a person anymore. It's always stuck with me. Uh, This is another one from Bowie. Where the fuck did Monday go? Where the fuck did Monday go? Go, go. go. Uh, Another one from Frank Ocean from Solo. There's a bull and a matador dueling in the sky. In hell, in hell, there's heaven. Mm. I also had the freight elevator line from Joyce Manor. I won't repeat it. Because we already have it, I will repeat, ooh, nani, nani. This feel like a quaalude. Um, another Frank Ocean lyric from Nights, which has been up there for me. I also love from Nikes. She said she need a ring like Carmelo. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> Great NBA <laughs> reference. He sneaks in there. And with my last one, I'm gonna give a shout to William James, the poet, who appears in Old Grey's new album on the song like Blood from a Stone. They're technically not lyrics, if you want to get technical, uh, but it's a poem. And he describes different people's eyes throughout the poem, and he says with eyes like honeycomb and jasmine about a girl he likes. And he describes a guy in a psych ward or in the hospital that relates to him as having eyes like fresh-cut pine and sunset. And mm. as, as images, those have stuck with me pretty mm-hmm. hard. So that's that's a lot of non a lot of lyrics,
1: a lot of lyrics here. Hey, um... so for a non-lyrics guy, how did I do? Really well, really, really yeah. well. I, I'm I'm happy with all of your nominees. Yeah, I think. And I all think great.
0: we actually do. We over polarize that. Yeah, issue. we do. We because we make it like Sean's the lyrics guy. That's it. Right. Jake's not. Right. Jake's the melody right. guy. Blah blah blah. It's not really how it is.
1: Yeah. Um. My winner. This one's so hard for me. It's so so hard. I uh, I'm going with. Just when I thought I had this pattern sorted out, apparently my ventricles are full of doubt. I think this could apply to a lot of different situations and a lot of different situations that I can relate to. I think people just going through patterns of things in their life that you're like, okay, I got this. I'm good. And then a few months later, it might not be. Um, I think for that reason, that lyric resonates with me. Also like the use of the word ventricles. Yeah. That's not something you hear a lot. It,
0: it's a it's a coy move by Evan. Yeah. So that that, that
1: that gets my that gets my slight, slight, slight nod.
0: I think I'm gonna go with What's the worst that could happen? Just simple Pine Grove, go Evan yeah. Steve, He's getting getting both both lyrics here. He's a hell of a lyricist I think that he deserves to be rewarded thusly. Doubly crowned. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. rewarded thusly and doubly crowned. <laughs> Yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? I already explained the reasons I like it. Simple, resonant, hit me hard when I heard it, sticks with me now, and I think sometimes the simplest lyrics can be the most meaningful. So I don't even remember who's introducing the next award. Uh, I
1: got it. Oh, no, you do, actually. What is it? Best musical moment.
0: Okay, uh, best musical moment, and the way we have phrased this is like, the way Sean and I describe it is a part of a song comes on and it hits and it just kills you. That's mm-hmm. like the, the way it, just, we it gets you. It really, it, it really you.
1: resonates with you on on some kind of level. Yeah. It's like you can't even explain it. It just does it for you every single time. I have two nominees. Okay, um, and the reason for that, I, I could have done so many more. So so many more. Yeah, these are the two that I just I listen and in no matter what else is happening, I kind of have to just stop and, and listen to both these. The first moment is on. Um, creeks by by Bonnie Vare. and it's around that time it's around this lyric in the and I know I and oh I know it felt right and I had you in my grasp oh then how are we going to cry cuz it once once might not mean something this doubles as I love these lyrics also the vocal manipulation that's happening on the song gives me goosebumps sometimes Um, my other nominee is Hamilton and Rostam on In A Blackout. Now this is my song of the year and our collective song of the year. Um, it's the part towards the end where it goes, now you're sleeping in the back of a speeding yellow cab. Um, love that part of the song. I love both those, those, uh, those moments for the year. I'm going to give the slight nod to the Bonnie Vare moment though, um, I've gotten literal goosebumps from that multiple times. It's just something that that resonates with me personally.
0: So I have some nominees. For me, I have Modern Baseball, Coding These to Lucans. The first track on Bren's side of the album where he goes, Spit fire, spit blood, spit fast, I'm heated. I'm sure this won't linger. As that part kicks in, it always feels like that side of the album is really kicking off Mm -hmm. there. And I remember this song was a big grower for me, so it took a while. And Mm -hmm. that moment always gets me. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, on just another uh, face, when he goes into the... the, I'm a waste of rock and dirt, grass and ground, and all the earth Mm -hmm. around... Like that
1: part... Jake's a much better singer than I am, listeners, by the way.
0: Now You're making me blush over here, Sean. (laughs) The way he sings that part... Kills me. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. And I, sh- I surely didn't do it any justice. Um, this th- one I
1: agree with you and might as well have been another nomination for me. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. The vocals on 29 uh, Stratford Apartments. Yep. Um, big one for me. When it's sort of breaking up. This is on the Bonnie Vera album. That
1: part also gives me goosebumps.
0: Yeah, me too. Big time. Uh, the guitar riff in No Woman by Whitney. Uh, my favorite song on one of my favorite albums of the year one of my favorite guitar pieces in any song. I also have the Speeding Yellow Cab lyric you mentioned in mine. I have the Xylophone Ribs lyric Mm. that we mentioned in last week's pod from Car Seat Headrest in the song 1937 State Park. Uh, Death is playing his Xylophone Ribs for me, which I hope is the right lyric. I also have Chance's verse in Ultralight Beam, which I mentioned in my previous segment. Um... I have like all of Skeleton Tree by Nick Cave. <laughs> and I don't really, because I couldn't think of a better way to describe it except the tone and vibe of that song like floors me every time. The point in Two Deliverances when the lead singer of the hotel year kind of picks it up into a... That's
1: studio. another nominee. That's a that's an after-the-fact nominee for me. Put that on mine.
0: <laughs> you got another Sean, Sean nomination. And I mentioned this in the last segment, but the poem in Like Blood from a Stone uh, by Old Grey Gets me every time. Uh, big shout out to William James, the poet, who's on that song. What, what, what's your winner here? This is tough, man. And uh, you know what? I think right now I'm deciding it's um, I'm a waste of rock and dirt, grass and nice. ground, and all the earth around.
1: Giving a little love for modern baseball. Hey, is just, that influenced by the fact that I just uh no. was heartbroken over
0: your hate for them? It's not, wow, unbelievable. <laughs> They've been all over my list. I know, I know, all I know. Over I know. My list. Um, <laughs> No, it's not at all. I just I was, I was thinking back to...
1: Hey, breaking news, listeners. Jake doesn't hate modern baseball anymore.
0: <laughs> so, um, no, I'm thinking back to when I first got into this album, and I remember there was a point where I, I popped this album on and was finishing like a run to this album, and I listened to Just Another Face twice in a row... And I was just waiting for this part. Like, I couldn't yeah. wait for this part to come in. Um, something about Brendan Lukens, man. The way he sings, the way he, the, his the melodies he writes, they're, they're something else. He's a talented guy. They all are in that band. But Our final
1: award of 2016, final music award. It's our Artist of the Year. Artist right. of the Year. That's right. Um, Do
0: you want me to go first because I have a few nominees?
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I have one. I have a singular nominee. Okay, hold on. Oh, hold on.
0: We'll edit this out. We won't edit this out. I'm just trying to find it. Okay. I said I'd go first and shouldn't have said it. Where is it? Okay. My my nominees for Artist of the Year are Chancellor Rapper Mm, is a nominee. It's a good one. It's a good one. So picture, if you will, listeners, uh, uh, an award gala, like a, a big sort of amphitheater with. Each of these people in a tux or a nice dress, sort of with the camera panning onto them and they're trying to pretend like they don't, you know what I mean? Like the Oscars. Picture the Oscars with each of these nominees and them them being in a crowd. So I've Chance the Rapper for his work on his own album and on Kanye's album. I think he, like you said last episode, had maybe the best pure rap album of the year. Mm-hmm. I feel like he just took a big step, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper. I have the Knoll Sisters, Beyonce and Solange. Um, Were they sharing this award If they win No
1: but I just thought You're pulling a ringer right now Where you had Lemonade And Seat at the Table Tied for
0: number one Well I didn't have that Because I didn't like A Seat at the Table that much Okay, But what I'm saying is I think that um, And I would never have put Lemonade anywhere close To my number one album Of the year (laughs) It was not even close I enjoyed it a lot All I'm saying is It was interesting to see At the end of the year On like most lists Both of them were in Everyone's top five Felt like they were Dominating things Frank Ocean, I have in my nominees list because he just crushed it this year. He finally released an album, and he controlled his own story in the press by, it was a will-he-won't-he type of Mm -hmm. situation, because he, to that point, had never. And David Bowie, Mm -hmm. um, for every reason we've talked about so far.
1: Uh, I have a couple off-the-cuff nominations here. I'm also, I like your Chance one, I like your Frank Ocean one, I like, I'm going to go with just Beyoncé. Just I'm, the, Beyonce. I'm going to just Beyoncé for a cultural impact as a nominee here, not Solange.
0: Ah, uh, Solange. You can argue politically and culturally. Mm, I mean, culturally,
1: you'd be hard-pressed to find... Socially. socially sure. Pop culture-wise, you'd be hard-pressed to find an average person who's listened, who knows what the fuck a seat no, at the table you're is. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm absolutely nominating right. Drake uh-huh. as well uh-huh. because he dominated the Billboard charts. He dominated the top 40 charts. Even though that album might not as been a, might not have been as good as we wanted it to be, Drake was still very much in the conversation this year, uh, and I think he deserves a nominee. I'm also nominating David Bowie, and David Bowie gets my pick he gets for Artist of the Year. I think his death loomed large over the year. Um, you know, it's kind of a lifetime achievement career award, but also that album Black Star was amazing. It was a great piece of art in its own right removed from from the storyline of his death as well. So and it held up. It it ended up on a lot of end of the year lists. I enjoyed it just as much at the end of the year as I did at the start of the year. Bowie is my pick for 2016 artist of the year.
0: He's mine as well um for all those reasons. Loved Black Star and I learned over the past couple of years that I really love David Bowie. Yes. As an artist. Absolutely. It has I'm I'm really grateful that we had that guy in music for as long as we did and creating the stuff he did and like representing the shit he did me too he's he too and i
1: I think he is uh very he's a good representation of our podcast in 2016. i think we mentioned it last week in our albums episode where we got to black star and we were talking about how we've already discussed that album multiple times we did a bowie episode we did we did a lot of different things with bowie i think when I think of him, I'm always going to think of 2016, this podcast, and kind of discussing his life and his career.
0: Yeah, well, and the fact that all that stuff, his death, the album coming out, all came out, and it all went down right at the beginning of the year, helped it be a thing that pervaded the entire yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Helped it sort of set a tone and stay relevant through the entire year. So yeah, for me, it's Bowie, and um, you know the, all the other nominees you know on a different day maybe i could different make year, hey for them. they
1: all have other years to win things but we doesn't yeah, so right um so i know we're running kind of long here we we've discussed a lot but the last part of this we wanted to discuss some some friendly uh podcaster competitions we've had throughout the year here the first one is our over unders recap so anyone who has been familiar with the show knows that We've been doing different over under competitions throughout the entire year. Um, I'm gonna run through them right now and what our results were. So, our first one was over under 48 and a half best new musics from Pitchfork. So, Jake took the under here. So, he said under 48 and a half. I took the over. Uh, I ended up winning with 50 total best new musics from Pitchfork this year.
0: The real winner here is both of us for picking a great number.
1: Seriously, that's that was hell it. Came over, down to the wire.
0: That's an awesome over, un, over under number. We should, we, be, we should be
1: odds makers.
0: We should be, yeah, we should. Good for us.
1: Next one that we had, uh, very similar. This one was over under five and a half albums that got a 9.0 or above score from Pitchfork. Again, Jake took the under, which made a lot of sense. And she took the under for the best new music. I took the over here. I won again with eight total. 9.0 or above scores.
0: Looking back at it, 8 is a lot. It's that's a lot. A, that's a big. That's a lot it's of 9.0. I think
1: this is the most. This one was over early. It was. I, I think this is the most amount of 9 or above reviews we've had since 2013, I think it was. Something so. Like that. So, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, we both kind of win because we both got great albums out of it to listen there to. So, that's
0: why you always bet the over.
1: That's right. Overs all the time. Next one over under. This is a fun one. One and a half new Drake beefs. Jake, you took the over here. I took the under. I had a lot of faith that Drake would just, you know, keep to himself this year after a rambunctious 2015. Didn't happen. You ended up winning with two, two big beefs this year. We had Joe Budden, and we had Kid Cudi. Yep. Drake was calling out his his mental health issues. Not cool
0: by Drake. Just being kind of a
1: dick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not. Not the coolest move by Drake.
1: No, speaking of Drake, that was our next over-under. We had over or under 287 million listens for a
0: single Drake song on Spotify. And so if you'll remember, this was based on the success of Hotline Bling. That's where we set the bar. We were like, nothing could beat that. No. He won't get that many listens again. We were very foolish. We We, we went lost. under. We've lost by a lot. Mm-hmm. One Dance,
1: which you could argue is Drake's now biggest, most popular song ever. It's yeah. more popular than Hotline Blink. Which is, yeah. It's crazy. Over a billion. Over a billion listens. Were you serious? To One Dance on Spotify. Yes. Dude, I gotta be it's honest. over with a you? billion.
0: I gotta be honest with you and say I did not know that, and that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I knew it I looked over. the
1: other day to confirm for
0: this. Wow. It's
1: over a billion.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Dude, Drake, what? <laughs> People love him. Yeah, I me too. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, next one, over Good under... For Good for Aubrey. Over, Yeah, over under 45 minutes for a new Kanye West album. How long was it going to be? We both smartly took the over here. Yeezus was a short affair. We thought no chance it's going to be any less than that. We were smart to go over with 45 minutes because just life a, of Life of Pablo ended up being an hour six.
0: Just a couple shrewd handicappers. The, <laughs>
1: that's right. Uh, last one here, over, under, seven days notice for a new Radiohead album. Jake, you took the over here, I took the under. I ended up winning. Yep. We got only two days notice before Moon shaped Pool came out on Easter Sunday.
0: And I remember, and I've explained it several times, my logic was Radiohead will do what is least expected.
1: So you, yeah.
0: And so I was like, you know what, this time they'll just do something more traditional.
1: But by that works the other way too, because by being traditional or by being unexpected that's actually expected
0: yeah i mean all i needed here was a week all i needed was for him to be like next sunday
1: didn't happen it, didn't. Two it did
0: two days hey, two days i'm not saying i want it life comes at you fast jake and especially with radio so radio.
1: final tally for over unders we had six total uh i went four and two on the year jake went two and four
0: I went to him for. I can't wait to reset with some new over. I'm excited. And we're gonna need to.
1: Them. We're gonna need to brainstorm about uh, over unders, and I think the rule we make next year is that
0: we have to take opposites. we
1: have to take opposites.
0: We gotta take opposites, although that means we gotta find things we feel strongly enough Agreed. about. Agree. We're gonna need to
1: brainstorm. We'll, we'll do that in our uh, anticipated albums of 2017 episode.
0: I'll do this next segment. Sure. So we are talking stats, statistical breakdown for 2016. Um, so first is Total Albums Listened To. So I take a slight, slight win over Sean here with, I listened to an overall 295 albums this year, including Discovered and including 2016 releases. Sean listened to 294. But Sean takes the big win here. <laughs> this, oh, this, yeah. this next yeah. segment is called Sean Dunks on Jake. Um, because you know games got to respect game. <laughs> Uh, Sean on Spotify listened to 82,589 minutes of music to my seemingly paltry 40,206. So Sean doubled me up. And so for,
1: for context, to put that into amount of days, I listened to 57 days worth of music. Jake listened to 28 days worth of music. Still a lot of music.
0: I listened to the to month of February on a non-leap year. I, music.
1: I I gave I, I had a couple Februarys worth in a few more days and another day. So what do you think accounts for this? Um, let's break it down. It's a good question. I to... want your thoughts. I okay. Uh, what wh- why do you think that is?
0: I think so. If we break it down this way, we for all intents and purposes listen to the same amount of albums. Yeah. What we can really extrapolate from yep. this. Is that you just listen to music twice as often? Yeah, you listen to music twice as much. Yeah, um, and so I really don't know what that means. We've talked about this before on the podcast, and it—I I don't know. I think we just approach it differently. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, and I think that I—I I know that this is a this is a big win for you. I you you I think are pretty competitive about this, and I think it's yeah, more than you'd admit. But
1: in a way, it's like. I don't need to be... It's like a stupid thing to be competitive about.
0: I think I am more competitive about it because I know how competitive yeah. you are about it. It's like... It wasn't close, though. It, I I don't know. I
1: don't know what it is. It To me, what I come back to a lot is I get into obsessive, constant stretches of listens with certain albums and certain artists. I think even today we were we were texting we were talking about my deep dive into Titus Andronicus yeah. as an example where you were content to go back and you were listening to a, a, a lot of different albums yeah. and giving them you know one or a couple listens each and I was just listening to Titus Andronicus's discography over and over and over again that is really the difference to me there where it's like you, seem more comfortable listening a certain amount of times and being like, I get it, I know what this is, I will listen a ton. And where I really start to gain enjoyment and a a true emotional connection out of is when I hit a stupid amount of listens. And if I hit that threshold where I'm like, I don't even know how many times I've listened to this and I'm listening... Two, three times in a row, or that's where I'm like, I truly love this album and I know it holds a special place for me. For me, I think that high, high number there is that emotional obsession coming out more than anything.
0: Yeah, I think you did hit it there in some ways where I just, I think what it comes down to is, right, I am, I think, more comfortable. To say I either love an album or like an album with fewer listens. That's been established. And it seems that bears out. It
1: seems to me that even when you say I love an album, you're less likely to always be listening to it. You're just like, No, I know I love it. Yeah. I don't need to keep listening to it. Where me, if it's like I love an album, I'm gonna listen I'm gonna exhaust it. I'm gonna listen like an insane amount.
0: Yeah. Um I get, yeah. I think that's a fair distinction. I think that's fair. And what is troubling at this point, listeners are tuned out, so you know we may as well play it out. This
1: is masturbatory for us.
0: It is. So what's interesting to me is that from like a competitive standpoint, I see these numbers and I and I know this trend. And in my mind, because I am slightly competitive and because I like want to do well at things. I see these and I'm like, oh, that must mean like I, that Sean likes music more than me, like right? He, that mu- and I am sure he thinks that. That's what my mind <laughs> is telling me. Like Sean, thinks he's a better music fan than me, and likes music more, and that like I, I just don't get it. He, probably he's like a little embarrassed to be on a podcast with me because I listen to that amount of music in a year. Um, but I think it does just comes down to different philosophies and different habits with yeah. music and. I don't know I mean I still think 40,000 minutes of music is a lot it's a lot um, but there's no denying I mean 82,000 minutes that's I mean it's impressive I I don't know that I thought to be honest with you I thought I listened to a lot more than that yeah I, like when I looked at it I was like that's only a slight bump from last well, year well here's
1: another thing too I think it's just listening habits too like for me I am I always I always listen to my car I listen yeah. when I'm doing other things you don't do that as much you won't like make it a point to play music in your car or do things like that and that I think that is a portion of why my numbers are higher uh so that that plays into it as well
0: there's some element of like party playlists that too and stuff yep. like that yep. and like you usually the one I take a more like kind of active leadership role yep. in those settings playing yep. music um, but that doesn't account for it all. I think what it comes down to is you are listening to music more often than I am, and that's the bottom line. And you know what? That is fine. I think that there's, like, we talked about this on the podcast before. There's, like, an unhealthy obsession with the competitiveness of this. We, and, like, with we the albums. N- like, We've look. No, but we said this before <laughs> that we won't do it. I still catch myself doing it. When I saw my number, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it feels like I got an F on a test.
1: I'm, I'm going to make it a point in 2017 to just listen to what I want to listen to, not worry about numbers, not worry about how many you've listened to, how many I've listened to. I'm just going to listen to music on a pace that's enjoyable, what I want to be listening to, because there were certain points of this year where I got caught up in, oh, I have to listen to this, I have to listen to that. I did too. I'm not going to enjoy those albums if I feel like I have to listen to them. I'm going to listen to things because I find them interesting or want to listen. And I'm going to make a point of doing that in 2017.
0: It's a good resolution. I think that can can stand for both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably a good way to wrap it up. Because yeah. we, we were going to talk a little bit about 2017 and the year ahead. But we're going to do a podcast. We're going
1: to do a that. podcast about that. I, I, all I want to say is I'm looking forward to it. It's Me cool too. to be able to go on to year two of the podcast and year two of, of kind of treating music this way. And I hope it's another uh, strong year.
0: Me too. And I can't wait to... To bump my stats and win music next year.
1: <laughs> Wrong
0: attitude. I'm, I'm gonna retool and come back stronger. No, but I'm looking forward to it as well. I actually already downloaded um, or bought the new Run the Jewels album because it's free on their website. Really? You just go on and hit, uh, you can't download it yet, but it will get emailed to you on January 13th. Cool. Very nice. Free. Very nice. So uh, an early Christmas present for all you Run the Jewels fans. Nice. See you next year. 2016's done. Closing the book. Bye. Bye. For Ooh. the last podcast of the year.
1: Last pod of the year. Last pod of the year.
0: It's a big day. Um, why don't we? Quit- so
1: no, no, no pod next Thursday.
0: Are we doing one next Thursday? We
1: thought- could do our most anticipated if we want before the year actually starts.
0: Oh, I yeah, well, it's up for discussion. I had thought that this was the last one.
1: I don't care what we do. You okay. can go either way.
0: I thought for some reason most anticipated would be in 2017, like the first one, but it doesn't mean we, we, we have do that. to do it that way. Yeah, we I we can don't do that. I don't really super care either way. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. We'll figure it out. That We'll, we'll take that offline. We'll circle back. On we'll that. circle back on that, and we'll, we'll, we'll you know, for now, let's just uh, circle back. Quick
1: um, beard growing update Okay. for me. I've hit three weeks now. Today's the third week. Uh, it's pretty much stopped itching. Um, it's... They're decent length. What I think might be happening is it's hitting a point where I don't know if it's getting much longer, or maybe I'm just not noticing it's getting longer because there's like a decent amount of hair now. I don't know. And I'm I'm still got this little like bald patch here on the right hand side of my face. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Overall, I'm like pleasantly surprised actually with it.
0: Uh, For me. I am getting a little bit of help in length on the cheeks, which I need. It's two-ish and a half weeks where I'm at. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna write it out. It just is what it is. You
1: seem. I seem to be a little more bullish on mine than you. How so? I, I, like I, I seem to be a little more pleasantly surprised than.
0: With... Well, I just did this four, three yeah. months ago, or whenever in October, so I knew it was coming. Yeah, and then uh, it's like. You know, it actually is a little better than I thought. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I do I have the best beard in the world? Certainly not. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna keep it
1: rolling through the end of the year at the very least.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna keep mine Maybe. through the holidays. Yeah. See if any any like relatives get a little tipsy and like make a comment about yeah. it that puts me into a spiral. Right. Right. If that yeah. happens, I'll just like shave it the next day, yeah. crying or something.
1: I have gone through major hurdles of going like been around my parents been around my extended family on my dad's side been around my girlfriend's family been around work now not really anything negative people some people are like oh you grow you try You grow a beard i'm like oh, i'm trying and that's how i i, I like you know I'm, I'm giving it a try that's how you have to and that's up. kind of my yeah my it, thing with it
0: yeah same same for me when people would ask. And, um, yeah, so, like, I, you know, I feel okay about it. I, I don't think it looks so terrible that anyone's like, oh, my God. Right. Same. Because, like, for me, and, again, we've talked about this, the difference is you have the full goatee. Right. I don't get a goatee. I have a soul patch, but it's blonde and translucent, so you can't see it unless you're one inch from my face. Um, right. And... The sides come in, down to the cheek where it gets patchy mm-hmm. on both sides, and then I have a decent chin and neck action. I have mm-hmm. to shave the neck mm-hmm. up to, to a certain point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, like, I feel like I'm just not destined to have a great beard, but it is what it is. Yeah. I can live with it, and like I'm not embarrassed to walk around with it. Yeah. It feels fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Good, good. We'll, we'll keep you
1: abreast listeners. We'll of keep the you updated. Yeah, post-news. Because you Year's. definitely care. Um, quick top 5 Christmas songs. Christmas songs.
0: Happy holidays by the way, listeners.
1: No, no, Jake. I I don't want any war on Christmas on our podcast. Wow. Okay? It's Merry Christmas and wow. that's it. Wow. And that's it. No, All I'm right. just kidding, listeners. I was channeling the Inner Fox News. Uh, that my dad watches a lot of on there. I don't care what the fuck you say.
0: Real quick, my take on that has always been, like, I kind of hate both arguments in that. Because it's like, if someone came up to me and said, Happy Hanukkah, I'd be like, oh, thank you. That's very nice of you. And kind of cool that someone would say that. If someone says Happy happy Holidays to me, I'm also not offended by that. I don't care. If you're offended either way that someone's wishing you well... Rethink a few things. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah,
1: exactly. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, Let me my, pull okay. up the text where I my my Christmas songs that I have off the top of my head. Um, one, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. That's my number one. That's not changing. The rest of my top five could change. It's kind of fluid. Number two, I'm going to put. Um, you could put like any song from that Charlie Brown Christmas album on there. As like my number two, whatever I'm feeling at the moment, that's my number two. Number three, I'm going to put Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. That live version is great. Number four, I'm going with Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Number five, I'm going Little Saint Nick by the Beach Boys.
0: I'm going to go with No... Oh, 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 honorable mention,
1: Auld Lang Syne,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one, just a great song. In general, good song. Just good. a great song.
0: Kind of a New Year's song-ish yeah. thing. Um, my top five. I'm gonna go in no particular order. I also have Christmas song, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. I have Happy Xmas War Is Over by John Lennon, which I know Sean takes exception to for the children. I don't skin. like the
1: kids in that. I don't like it. Ruins the song for me. If the kids aren't in it, that's a top five song for me. I'll give fuck you, those kids.
0: I'll give you this. If if John just sang the chorus, yeah, it's better. It would be better. better. It would be better. And there's this. You know, Christina Perry. Yes, she sings that song from like Twilight or whatever it is, yes. um, a thousand years or whatever it's called. She sings a version of it where, and she's a really good singer, and she sings that in the chorus. It's really good for that. Number uh, also I have either O Tannenbaum or uh, Christmas Time Is Here by Vince Guaraldi off the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. I have This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, a good soul and like kind of yep. R and Bish ish Christmas song. Awesome tune, P B R and B. The horns in it are really good, and then I think f- to round out my top five, there could be any number of songs that I consider. I think I'm going in the classic White Christmas by Bing Love it. It's great. Um, you had one more thing for the pre-show, right?
1: Uh, yeah, let me quickly just say, let me let's sing a little bar of f- For Old Lang Syne for you. I'm not going to sing it. How about this lyric? We'll, I got two for you. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for Old Lang Syne. Also, this is my favorite one. And we'll take a right goodwill draught for old lang syne. Is, is that draft? Yeah, like, like I'm taking a draught of this. Yeah, like I'm yeah. taking a drink. Is but is that? Do yeah. people pronounce that draft? Uh oh. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I
0: don't know. D r a u g h t.
1: Could be. Actually, I don't know. it's a good it's a good point. Old Lang sign. Maybe that uh, you know what that's my number two. Actually, now that <laughs> just got bumped up that's to number two. two. Uh, yeah, quickly before we start Star Wars Rogue One, we both saw it. We did. Uh, no spoilers. What do you think of the? We we've already talked about this. I don't want to go super in depth on it. I really liked it, but what? As did you, I. What do you think of the CGI people in it?
0: General Tarkin Leia.
1: Yeah. Um, Later, it might have been a little bit of a spoiler.
0: So, spoiler alert.
1: General Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin, threw me off. I didn't like it. You know? Okay, here's the thing. I didn't like it. It it took me away from the movie. I was like, what is he? Like, what's happening right yeah.
0: now? Yeah. Okay. So I have I have kind of a two thoughts on it. One, I agree. It took me out of it a little bit, and I was always look staring at him because I was like, is he CGI? What's right. going on there? But I appreciated that it looked just like him.
1: Yeah. I would have... And pref- the voice was perfect. It was. It was. I w- Your rebel friend, soon I, enough. I, I, I would have liked it if they had just gotten another, like, sunken-cheeked younger actor like, like, different. How many people
0: look like Peter Cushing? I know, I know. I don't know. And that's the thing is, like... You, I think they should have brought him back from the dead, they, dude. Luke, you can't tell me that Lucasfilm and Disney—they don't have, have
1: the money to do that. They the do. money and they resources do. to bring
0: people back to life. They do. They do, and they're hiding it. So you know what's funny is I semi believe that.
1: They <laughs> I, I do too. It's not—that's not a stretch. I think we're gonna run into more of this as more of these Star Wars Star Wars spinoff movies start happening because yeah. they're gonna be putting these in and out of different timelines you're going to be getting cameos, you're going to be getting old characters that they want to give cameos to, so I think that's just going to keep happening I think we have to get used to it Yeah, Leia looked really good that one looked good
0: I th- well the thing is you saw more of Tarkin
1: Tarkin came and went sometimes sometimes it looked real like really real other it looked like times it, looked, it didn't look good
0: it did it would look like a video game here and there I I just love Tarkin I did as yeah, a character because yeah. he's so fucking ridiculous he's
1: hilarious and
0: like no one else talks like him in the world no and so like the fact that Tarkin was in the cut I got really excited I did too the ending was awesome. No spoilers. And no spoilers.
1: Let me just ask you generally, because people already know based on the previews, Darth Vader's in it. What would you think
0: of Vader? I liked him. Here's... Okay. Tell me if this makes sense to you. I still love Vader. I still love pretty much everything about him. But, given the rest of the expanded Star Wars universe now, and how slick we know everything is supposed to have looked and felt around this time period... His costume seems it, it it doesn't seem to make sense. Because no, like for example, here's my example I use. So in the prequels, before Anakin is even Darth Vader, you have like General Grievous, who is like part humanoid, part robot, right? right? And he right. looks slick as hell. He's yeah. like part he's like turns into a ball yeah. and can spin yeah. lightsabers. Why after that, with that technology, would the Empire equip Vader with this really clunky goofy looking outfit. I know. And that's the thing is like they kind of kind of screwed themselves a little bit by reverse engineering things. I know. Because Vader doesn't make a lot of sense in context now.
1: It was pretty glaring the way he looks. in this movie. Yeah. It was That's the first time I had that thought where I was like wait. He actually he looks kind of lame. He doesn't look like intimidating or scary. I wanted him so bad to like when he's coming out to meet uh, what's his name, White Cape Dude. I I really liked him, by the way. He He was was in in Place Beyond the Pines. He
0: was also in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. That's
1: right. That's right. He he had like a lift in that movie. He's a great like character actor. He's awesome. He's great. Um, Shout out to that dude. Big friend of the pod. Didn't (laughs) didn't love Vader's first appearance. Also, why is he back on Mustafar? I don't know. In like the same. Like, room, he just, like, slaughtered people. Like, maybe that's just
0: where he's been? And that's (laughs) the thing, is, like, what I realized was, as much as I love Vader, I feel like he worked better when I You didn't know a lot about him. ...when I hadn't visually bridged the gap between the prequels and the sequels. Agreed, agreed. Now I just
1: perceive him as, like, oh, that's Hayden Christensen in there. Yeah. And he kind of sucks.
0: And, like, he's still cool, but... Dude, like it took me a long time to realize his costume is kind of silly. The it's cape? weird, all of it. His helmet, like what's the, like his the, helmet? The arm, yeah, that helmet. I don't know. He's like long hair helmet. Also, looks like he has shoulder length
1: hair. <laughs> Did you notice that now? His eyes are like red. They're like well, slightly they, they red. Were
0: reflecting shit.
1: No, well, if you remember back to the end of Revenge of the Sith, when the helmet gets put on, he's like, look, no. it's like terrible. It's like it like looks red, and in the Uh, movie, they like look red now. Back in the in the in the original series, they were just jet black.
0: Also, given the prequels, which are just like kind of an abomination. Given the prequels, his voice makes no sense uh, at all, dude. Hayden Christensen, just a a, a, just a whiff in every way. Yeah, not a good actor, and his voice. Like, what amount of processing would have to happen for his voice to turn into James Earl Jones? Well, they're already trying
1: to do that. I I don't know who. I don't think it was actually Hidden Christensen playing. I think it was just some. It was James Earl
0: Jones, was the voice. Oh, it was? I thought he died. No, I looked in the credits. It was him. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Right, but what I'm saying is for the plot. Gotcha. The fact that he gets this voice oh, I know. makes yeah. no fucking yeah, 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 yeah. sense. I
1: guess you could explain that away being like his vocal cords got burnt in like, you know, yeah, whatever. you can. But I forget what I was going to say now about Vader. I don't even remember. Good Look, I don't want to take away from Rogue One. You know what? I thought one one last, last thing. I thought the last hour was awesome. I thought it was a little rocky in the beginning, to be honest with you.
0: It was, because there was all kinds of table setting, yeah, and they were jumping from planet to planet every yeah. five minutes. And there
1: are planets that me, as a huge Star Wars guy, Star Wars nerd, have never heard of. Yeah, That always makes me nervous, because I'm like, ooh, even in the Expanded Universe books, they never talked about these planets. Right. So... So that makes you nervous. It does. Yeah, it does. Because I'm like, what... What is this? Which I'm going to go I'm going to go consult a Star Wars galaxy map after this podcast yeah. and to make sure that that like So these are kosher.
0: For me who someone who never really delved into the extended universe but was pretty into the movies and I like I have a pretty good memory so I kind of remember most of the movies but I never read the books. Like, with, with planets, dude, you could call one, like, Watwa. No. And I, I would be no, like, no, no, hey, no, no. Like, Get for, the fuck out of here with that. I know. But for me, I have no context, so I'm like, I don't care what it's called. I don't even think about it. For mo- Like, if they're going to a new planet, I don't care what it's called. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, like, you could say anything.
1: That's true. Well, I loved that they explained away... Is
0: Watwa a planet?
1: It's not. It's not. It's not. Would it be in the Mustafar system? If no, it, were? it wouldn't. Okay. It wouldn't. I know every moon in the Mustafar system. That's not true. Mustafar doesn't have any moons. That's wow. I don't know that for sure. So I'm just see when you get up to a certain knowledge level, you're in a different and, and you speak on. confidently, people aren't gonna call you on it. No, i so, never call you on I,
0: anything Star Wars. Right, because teenage Jake made the mistake of challenging teenage Sean to a text Star Wars it trivia. Got dunked on. I got dunked on. That's a theme in this episode. <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't realize what I was up against. No, I was like, didn't. oh, he's seen the movies. I've seen the movies. We'll see who remembers more. And you were like, what planet does Luke's uncle, like, not Uncle Owen, I don't know, whoever, where does he come from, and whose father, and which alien species is he? And I'm like, D- I, I'm like uh, who's Luke's dad? <laughs> you
1: think you're pulling one over no, on me. I mean,
0: I didn't ask that. I asked some okay questions. We should jump in.
1: Yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Uh, all right, ready? Three, two, one.